Hey everybody, this is Theophilus from TZ Coaching and you're listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Whether you're a dad that stays at home, works from home, or away from home, our roles are essential. To a son, it's an illustration of how life as a man is done, and to a daughter, an example of the type of man to look for in the future. But in either case, a noble father stands firm for what he believes, leads with his actions, and embodies a healthy balance of body, mind, and spirit. He pushes himself hardest and commands his time respectfully because he knows how precious the present is. Join me as we discover what it means to live as a noble father. Hi, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Noble Father podcast. This episode that you're watching is a very special one, um, and it's one that I put a significant amount of time in preparing. And uh, if you're here for the first time, uh, just know that this is not a regular occurrence. Uh, This is not how I usually run my podcasts. This is just something that I felt very led to do. And in my preparation, um, was very moved um, by an experience that I had this weekend. Uh, This past weekend, um, went on a men's retreat with my son. And it was one in which was very... Um, just very um, intentional and it was a it was a retreat in which I got to um, spend time with my son spend time with other men um, who I look up to and uh, got to know at a deeper level and and also a time of just um, quiet um, with God and and this is this 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 podcast episode is is one in which that I am really going to be incredibly intentional about, um, and I am going to be sharing um, knowledge from the Bible. and And I know that some of you, in hearing that, is is probably going to throw up your defenses and think that, um, oh, this isn't the episode for me, and and go to shut it off. I I highly encourage you to please listen to this with an open mind. I'm not here to convert you. I'm not here to um, tell you what. I believe or 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 tell you what you need to believe um it is a very intentional podcast um episode and and you know because the theme of this retreat that I was a part of um was about being set apart uh, set apart by God and you know as fathers I couldn't help but feel everything about that message was um very relevant to fathers it's incredibly uh useful uh, for us to understand and and you know in understanding the bible and, and jesus's walk in life we we must understand god and how he walked with god and how jesus walked with god and how he as a son was obedient to god and so you know i'm going you know typically i say when i'm not flowing my episodes i, I when i what i mean by flowing my episodes is like i am going with um you know just hitting record and just recording and just speaking um and i pull on threads as i go along it's just like oh i'm talking about this topic and i'll jump to the next topic but for this for this episode i have prepared a bunch of stuff and as you can see i prepared some slides i don't typically do video podcasts or in the form of video podcasts so if you're listening to um, spotify uh, or or apple Podcasts or google Podcasts or whatever provider you're listening to and you want to see um, this podcast please head on over to the youtube uh, i'm going to be uploading it there and make this available to everybody because i think the message is incredibly important and these are nuggets of truth that i've dug up that can apply to anybody and i feel like the only limitation is the uh 
openness or closedness of your mind um, whether or not to receive it and, and and what I what I would want at the very least is for you to listen to the to this episode in, in its entirety before coming to a judgment um, of of what that is and so um, I, I want you to yeah just come listen with an open mind and take what you can for yourself um, and um, yeah, that's really all I want to say before I get started on this. You know, um, I'm going to be giving um, just straight Bible verses, verses that, you know, have helped me deep in my understanding of my own walk. And, um, you know, even in preparing this, you know, I was getting very emotional and, and choking back tears because of how um, powerful it hits me and um, how much I want people to get this um, for themselves. And, and, um, you know, but I can't, I can't force you. And so, you know, I hope you just stay with me, um, through this episode. And I, I, you know, I really hope that this, this, this finds you well. Um, you know, so, uh, I'm going to be scrolling through my slides as I go along. And so for those that are listening on the audio, um, I highly recommend you check out the video, um, because then you'll be able to see the verses on the screen, um, uh, here. So, um, you know, the example set by God himself is, in, you know, in his walk, um, you know, with his son, Jesus, like Jesus's walk in his, in his walk, it, you know, it demonstrates how life is really done as a, as a son and, and also to how we see God as the father himself. In First Corinthians um, uh, two fourteen, it says, "The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit." And why is this at the beginning? The reason this is at the beginning is, you know, um, these verses that I'm giving, um, as open-minded as one is, they are spiritually discerned, and so. You know, if you're wondering, why am I not understanding this? Why am I not getting this? I highly encourage you to ask God to show you discernment, to give you discernment, to understand these for yourself. And, and because within each of us, we have a spirit, um, whether you like it or not. Um, and and as I'm giving these Bible verses, there is going to be confusion. There is going to be, well, why is it saying it like this? And, and these things are spiritually discerned, just as this verse is saying. Um, and I'll go further is that second Timothy says that all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, this isn't just for us as fathers. This is also for us to our children, um, because it's important for them to, um, have a foundation of, of teaching, um, of, of correction and to know where to operate from. Because if we don't dictate that as fathers, then our children are not going to get it. They're just going to be left to, you know, figure these things out on their own. And so how can we understand, you know, the, 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 the Holy Spirit and, and, you know, the words that we're reading and why is it, why does it need to be discerned, um, in the spirit? Well, it's kind of like a blockchain, uh, you know, there's, there's a validation that needs to take place. And so it's not just reading it and then interpreting, and then that's it. It's, it needs to be interpreted through the Holy Spirit. And so the spirit validates the words and it makes it discernible to each person according to each, uh, you know, to his own, to each of their own. And so, you know, what applies to me won't apply to somebody that, like my neighbor or to a friend of mine. Um, every single person takes something different and you can read a passage a thousand different ways and take away a thousand different things. And so um, this is what, it, what, that, what that means, you know. Um, and so um, another thing I wanted to say before I, you know, continue on is that, you know, I, I know that many have, you know, made an error of this, that 
um, they have misinterpreted or taking taken things out of context and and they have turned others from a relationship with God because of you know something that happened in a human institution you know it's a hurt or trauma that was done by a person and I just want you to know that that was not from God and I want you to 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 really think about how many things we as human beings have changed and and turned and tainted um, and you know this relationship with God was not something that God intended you know but in understanding how powerful and and how God works um, you know it'll still fall within his will and what he wants uh, accomplished can't be sidelined by a mistake or misstep from an earthly being and so you know the mere fact that you're here listening to this podcast right now is no small miracle and so I am not boasting about myself or my podcast I am boasting of who I know as a heavenly father who loves and adores and wants what's best for all of us that's including you that if you go to him with an earnest heart he will not turn his back on you and so i know that in wanting to understand these passages and these words um, that if you go to him with an earnest heart he will not say no to you and he will give you discernment for yourself and so i'm going to I'm going to start by going into, um, you know, Jesus and his his example of life um, as the son uh, on earth and how he followed um, God. And so, you know, one of the most important things is that Jesus spent time with God, um, who was his father. You know, he followed the words of his father in a way, um, you know, in the way that he lived his life. Um, You know, he used his father's words of wisdom to rebuke, correct, and encourage others around him. Um, And, and, you know, what do we take away for for ourselves here? Um, In Proverbs 22, 6, it says, start off, uh, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. And so even if it's not biblical teachings, any kind of teaching, if you teach them at the beginning of their life, they are going to keep that for you know, with them forever. They're going to know to not do that in the future. Uh, That's not to say that they won't end up doing it. It, It's just a a good foundation. It's a mitigation of a risk. You know, I talk about that all the time. Um, And, you know, if we go back to, you know, the second Timothy 316 here is that, um, you know, it says, you know, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Our roles as fathers is to train our children in righteousness. That is the main point of our roles. Um, and so, you know, in, in going back to Proverbs 22, 6, you know, is that, you know, we are our children's first teacher, right? We lay the foundation um, like God to Jesus, laid the foundation for Jesus, you know, and it's, and it's, our children are not to get that information or learn those lessons from a school curriculum or first from a school curriculum. And, and it's not from educational YouTube videos or, or from podcasts or from influencers. It's from us as fathers. They get it from us. This is important. What it means to be set apart. Set apart is like we are set apart. As fathers, we are set apart for our children. There's nobody that will take that place as much as we will as fathers in their lives um and so you know in in saying that you know god set jesus apart um in matthew three seventeen, it says and a voice from heaven said this is my son whom i love with him i am well pleased and as fathers we are set apart to raise our children um that's no one else's job um, as much as it is ours 
nobody else nobody else takes that job hard like should be taking that job more seriously than us as fathers um you know this is god setting jesus apart in the absence of a father a child you know will turn to an unforgiving unrelenting world of people who have an insatiable and unquenchable standard that our children will never meet and they will take everything from our children and they will still ask for more and we've seen this in our world They'll continually take and continue to take, and our children have no more to give. And and that's what happens in the absence of a father. Um, and that's why it's so important and so critical for us to understand what it means to be set apart. Um, and so we are called to exemplify a good life. Um, in 2 Corinthians 3, 2-3, it says, You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. You know, you know, in understanding this is that we are, um, you know, how we live our lives, the way we live our lives is like a letter from Christ to them um, on how life as a follower is lived. You know, it's as obvious as the words on the letter. And so how we live, how we love, how we sacrifice ourselves, how we give of ourselves to others without ceasing is an example to others and most importantly in the demonstration to our children on how life is done. It's like a letter. It's like a love letter to our children. And it's a, it's a letter of, from God to other people. Uh, it's an example. It's, a, it's like a resume. It's like a um, demonstration um, a cover letter of what it means to live in christ and, and so you know we are to be an example we are an example to how life is done how we interact with others how we love others that is the critical part of our roles as fathers to our children and you know god provided for his for, for jesus you know he was never left wanting and nor was he ever left abandoned and so when you know jesus faced insurmountable odds you know god came through for him and so you know in in in, in matthew 7 9 to 11 it says which of you if your son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a snake if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Uh, and then in 1 Timothy 5 to 8, it says, Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And so, you know, this isn't just about a provision of material goods, right? Uh, there, there's so much more a father provides in his household. And and, and, and provisions is one that, you know, a lot of fathers get stuck in is that, you know, they're just, they just consider themselves a, a, a wallet or a bank account to withdraw money from and whenever they need it, there's just somebody who brings food to the table. But it's, it's so much more than that, right? And if we think about it from, you know, the, the, the seven dimensions of wellness, right? Um, you have the physical, you have the emotional, you have the mental, you have the spiritual, the relational, the environmental, and the vocational. And so, you know, we can break those down, right? What's the physical? Well, this would be the physical sustenance, right? This would be the food, this would be the nourishment that we provide, that we we bring in with our work, you know, but also to keep our children physically healthy, fit and active, nourished and mitigating the risk of illness and disease, right? Our roles as fathers uh, in the physical is not just, um, 
you know bringing in the money bringing in the uh you know the fun or whatever it is it's if we don't get active our children aren't going to get active if we don't get if we don't get um if we don't nourish our bodies properly our children aren't going to nourish their bodies properly right you know obesity in the united states right now it's like not even just the united states the western world is like you, you see it everywhere right children parents with you know um, you know that don't watch what they eat. Their children end up looking the way that the way that they look. Right? It's just, they they carry it carries over to our children, and that's you know a misstep in the physical. Now we can go on to the emotional. You know, emotional nourishment through our presence, our intentional, our intentional presence. Right? This is where love is most felt. I feel you know, and it's it's on a deep emotional level. And so we as fathers provide that. If we don't provide that, and we leave this wanting. Where are our children going to go? Where are they going to get it? What's that going to look like? It won't look. It won't look good. Um, and so, you know, the next is, is is mental, right? We nourish our children mentally too, right? We need to teach and we learn things together. We experience the limitless and untold adventures out there uh, to learn and apply to ourselves, right? Each person's going to take away something different. I have different desires than my son has he's going to have desires that i don't have my daughter's going to have desires that i don't have and she's going to be able to do things that i can't do right there's so many like i i i don't have a gymnastic bone in my body but my daughter she's able to do it and she has a passion for it she has a desire for it i don't have that and so there's a big difference between that each person will take away something different but mentally how do we grow them mentally to help them grow and to learn intellectually even right we're we are to provide that for them and show them the example of how life as as a as a as a mental being is done uh, number four spiritual right this is a big one right how i walk as a son to my heavenly father is how my son sees sees how to walk with his heavenly father right how i face the trials and tribulations that come in life will show my child how to do it uh, also and when thin things take a turn when and they will take a turn to turn to God. And, and how do you get around those things, right? Um, that example must be set for our children. That spiritual walk, you know, like I said, it was just like I'm holding God's hand and I'm holding onto my son's hand. And eventually what I need to do is bring them together. And one day I need to let go of that control, put their hands together, and I need to be hands off. It's not about control. Parenting is not about control. It's about giving up these children to walk on their own it's about formulating them into independent people and for them to take their walks by themselves guide them the best we can mitigating as much risk as we can and giving them a good footing uh, before letting go um, relational the friends i choose affect my children right the example of people in the company i keep is an example if i hang out with broken people who don't raise wise emotionally mentally or physically healthy children I'm only going to hurt my children. I'm only going to set them up for destruction. And that's not what being a father is all about. Environmental, right? Um, you know, the environments that I provide or put my children in dictate so much, right? We also learn through osmosis. If I hang out with drug dealers, I'm going to eventually get hooked into that kind of lifestyle. If I hang out with drug addicts, I'm going to eventually get hooked into that lifestyle. Whoever we hang out with, is going to dictate who we become, right? And so that's why I'm at the jujitsu gym. That's why I'm at church. That's why I'm with these men. That's why I created a community for fathers. These are all environments that I am a part of. And so in understanding your own life, what environments are you a part of and that you're learning through osmosis, 
right? Maybe there's certain things that you're doing that, you know, oh, I only swear around these groups of people. Or when I'm with these people, I drink a little too much. Well, maybe start to consider the different environments that you're a part of and what that even says to your children. Um, vocational. This one's a huge one because, you know, noble father. this noble father work is, 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 is my business. This is what I do and this is what I'm called to do. And this is a maximization of, of skills and and, and gifts and strengths and potential that God has given me, right? Fathers provide an example of how work is done. If you come home from work stressed, tired, and hating work and dreading this and talking about this, this employee that did this to you or this boss that's unfair to you and all this stuff, what does that tell our children? What does that say about it, right? You know, how we maximize our gifts, the desires, the strengths, the dreams and goals shows them how it's all done. How we live with our weaknesses, how we learn, how we give of ourselves to others to provide for the family shows them that it's possible. So leaving potential that is untapped, gifts that are unused, dreams that are unpursued, purposes unfulfilled sets our children for a life of regret. They're only going to they're not going to find um they're just not going to live a fulfilling life that sets a tone that that really sets a tone and i want to give a few shout outs here because there are a couple of fathers in my group who have um taken action and actually quite amazingly just you know go into the office and just ask to resign because that the lifestyle was not congruent to the kind of father that they wanted to be so shout out to trenton shout out to aaron shout out to john jose and perry there are other fathers in the group that um that didn't come to mind for this you know that's not to say that they didn't you know these are just the ones that came to mind for me and i want to say that you know i'm proud of you guys for taking the action for um creating something for yourself and doing something about it and not just dreaming about it and not just saying something about it but actually taking action on it and um you know this is what we're called to do the the vocational aspect of of our lives is is so critical and our kids see that example right um what we do dictates that um so in continuing on um you know fathers fathers who love their children discipline their kids um you know proverbs thirteen twenty four says who he who spares the rod hates his son but he who loves him is careful to discipline him so just pinpoint that careful there right because it's 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 not about like if you overblow the punishment for something or the correction for a, a minimum a, a minimal action a, a small action then you have done a disservice to your child and you have not disciplined them carefully. You know, a child without correction doesn't takes whatever he wants. And we've seen this in active shooters, right? Father is not there and, you know, this child is left to figure out testosterone and aggression by himself, doesn't know how to reconcile these feelings and takes it out on the world. Um, and that's scary. That's a very scary reality. And so we must dis discipline our children consistently. We must we must also do it within means not to overblow it and also to do it with compassion um you know how many parents how many times have you seen parents not rebuke or correct their children what does that look like right well they only choose to do that in public because oh suddenly the public eye is on them and so i have to do it now or there's this expectation that you have to do it in public but in private at home they just run rampant and wild and then you wonder why don't our ch why don't my children listen to me hello like you're so inconsistent in your word. 
how are they supposed to follow something that's so inconsistent sometimes you get angry sometimes you don't get angry and you're not quick to do anything about it you're not quick to correct your child and do it carefully either so you can see how many times how many dimensions and how many ways you can mess that up right not being consistent not doing it right away uh not doing it with compassion um punishing t- too disciplining too strong for something too something small like these four already can create a child that is not going to listen to you and is going to push back eventually right um so uh, you know that's that's very important right this is a biblical um, um principle um, and, you know, fathers also spend intentional time with their children, right? Um, it's not just empty time vegging out on mindless things. No, that's not to say that you're doing this 24-7, right? And it's within means, right? Um, and so Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 9 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Um, you know, this is this is not to be misinterpreted and to think that this is for every waking hour. You know, of course, it's, it's going to be impossible to do that. There are going to be times where you don't think about them mindlessly doing other things too. Um, but there are times to be intentional, right? Go on walks with your, with your children, periodic walks, once a week right? Uh, you know, talk about them, you know, when you sit at home or when you walk along the road or when you lie down or when you get up, you know, I, one of the things that we do as a family is we sit together, um, during meals and we just, we just talk. We really just talk about how the day went. Um, you know, what was God doing in their lives? What was something that was, you know, that they saw God moving? Um, you know, just talk about life, right? Um, and, and also like, you know, in, in sharing a frustration, maybe that my son had with a friend at school, there's an opportunity to talk about biblical principles and, and, and ethics and morals and, and, and give him other perspectives on how to approach that situation, how to view this person, how to forgive this person. That's a biblical principle. Um, you know, take them out for conversations, disconnect from technology, stresses and work and everything else that weighs us down and takes us away from our presence to be intentional with them. And, and that was why the retreat was so amazing was because I took my son and it was an amazing time of bonding. It wasn't, it was like, there, there was really no words to put to it, worshiping together and spending time together teaching him how to sharpen a stick um, how to be careful with the knife and you know that's a correction too is that you know sometimes i see him running one time you know on, on he was at the at the dock and he was you know just having fun doing his own thing sharpening a stick and then he was he wanted he ran he started running back with the knife blade still out and i that needed to be corrected right away because that's potential danger if he trips and falls and lands on the knife that is dangerous i had to yell and in the presence of others yell and get his attention to tell him to stop and i had to take away the blade for a bit to correct him because that was important to teach right in the moment if he if if i let that get away and very easily i could have is that i looked away and then what suddenly he does it again and mistakes happen and that's a mistake that you only you only make once and you but you learn forever and if you can correct and you are able to correct correct right away and so um you know that was a great example of it actually it was just to be able to in the moment tell him hey that was wrong 
we should not be doing that this can be harmful to yourself and, and to others and to set the path straight that was a foundational principle um and so you know this this you know and continue on is that we have to be compassionate as fathers to our children right um how we lead them is with compassion is very important in psalms 103 13 it says as a father um, has compassion on his children so the lord has compassion on those who fear him you know life is hard we will get things wrong it is inevitable without compassion we'd beat ourselves up and and we'd beat each other down like till we have nothing left like our children need compassion too the world comes hard and fast for them and the more compassion we give them the more they will be ready to accept what is coming um you know we'll never get it right sometimes we do everything right and we can get it all wrong and and you know god always meets us with compassion he'll never be like hey, i told you so you dumbass like he would never come front like confront us with that um that kind of approach um, another thing the Bible talks about is actions, not just words, right? And so in James one twenty two, it says, Do not merely s- listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Um, you know, words are useless without actions, right? That's a, qu- a very common quote. You know, we must lead with actions. And so, um, you know, if we don't do that and we don't set a good example of that, you'll make a hypocrite of your children later on in life, right? Um and I'm an exa- I'm a good example of this is like there are many times where I've said something and then I end up doing it and then I kind of do like a dope in my head and I just like I can't believe I just did that you know like we're all imperfect beings we're all imperfect people and so in, in telling you and teaching you all these things I don't have all these things in order I am in, as imperfect as you but each person needs to walk away and ask themselves how are you doing in this regard have you been speaking words but not leading with actions if that is the case do something about it go back to leading with actions what is something you said you would do in the presence of your children or that you said to your children that you haven't done yet go and do those things lead with actions start today whatever crap looks like right now whatever life circumstance looks like right now the best time to change is now not tomorrow because tomorrow will never come do it today you're not promised tomorrow. You must do it today. You cannot wait. You cannot afford to wait. Do not leave things unsaid. Do not leave things undone. Do not leave a life of regret. You're not promised tomorrow. Live today to its fullest. Um, and, you know, Bible also says, don't provoke, provoke or push your children. Um, Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, what does exasperate mean? Um, and I looked it up and it's defined as to irritate and frustrate someone intensely. And so, <laughs> you know, every father does this, right? There are times where we provoke our children or we irritate them in certain ways and you know we let the ego inner ego get in the way and it comes up and it hurts our children and do that too much and we alienate our children our children will resent the relationship that we have with them and and when they get to their teenage years you will lose them um and and, and that that is the danger here right my kids are not even in their teenage years yet my son is about to turn eight this year and you know I'm still walking that journey. This is something that I'm learning every single day to not do in my own walk. Um, so as much as I'm telling you guys, I'm telling myself, right? This is knowledge that you know I need. This is wisdom that I need. Um, and you know, if we don't take this knowledge to heart, we can do a very injudicious um, 
favor to our children. Now, what is injudicious, right? It's defined as showing very poor judgment and very unwise. And so, you know, that's not what this podcast is all about. A noble father is not injudicious. Uh, a noble father is one that is wise and leads with righteousness and, and, and wisdom. Um, and so, uh, you know, don't, don't push your children. Don't irritate them, right? They are, they are smart. Doesn't matter what their age is. They are very smart and they, they can get it. They will understand it and they will see it. Um, you will, you will be amazed at how much they actually, um, get and retain. Um, and also don't give up on your children, right? Um, Luke 15, uh, 20 to 24 is the parable of the prodigal son, right? And I talk about this story all the time is that, um, you know, the son asks his father for his portion of the inheritance, essentially asking his father to die and give him what belongs to him. And so he takes it and he goes to a foreign country and um, squanders all his wealth on wild living. So, you know, prostitutes and drugs and, you know, alcohol and, and living wildly. And he wastes everything and ends up, you know, working um, for a citizen in that foreign country, um, doing very menial, lowly jobs, right? Feeding pigs and being among pigs, living among pigs. And, and, um, eventually he just, he just thinks that, man, like my, my, my servants at my father's house live so much better than this. I'm going to go back and reconcile with my father. And the beauty of the story is that the father doesn't give up on his son. And, you know, at a distance sees his son coming over the hill. He comes running out and he embraces his son. And even though the son drops to his knees and begs his father and says, sorry, father, that I've sinned against you and against heaven. And, um, and, and says, you know, take me back and I will work, work for you. Um, to which his father says, um, you know, takes off his robe and puts it on him and gives him the signet ring, which um, is used to as a moniker for, uh, as a designation that his identity is secure. And, um, you know, calls the servants to kill the fattened calf to celebrate the return of this son. And, and so, you know, we can discipline our children, um, we can correct them, and we can rebuke the, their actions, but we must never give up on them never give up on them um, and that's a demonstration of it you know the father receives the child back with open arms and you know his identity as a son does not change based on his or her actions and so our relationships of father with our children's is unconditional um, the next section is um, you know that we must uh, intercede for our children and and what does intercede mean right praying for our children first chronicles twenty nine nineteen says and give my son Solomon, the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, statutes, and decrees, and to do everything to build a palatial structure for which I have provided. And so this this verse is really just a, a prayer that King David said for his son Solomon, who was one of the most wisest wisest men. So, you know, King David was a man after God's own heart. King Solomon was a, was the wisest man to have ever lived. Um, you know, he had everything, everything you could ask for. Um, King Solomon had, and 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 this was just an example of King David praying over his son, and. You know, we know the dangers that await our children, right? Why do we intercede for our children? Why do we, and, and what is intercede? The definition of intercede is to intervene on behalf of another, right? And so we understand the dangers that await them, or that, are, that await our children. You know, there are things that they don't understand. There are topics that their naive and innocent hearts and minds aren't ready to comprehend. So we must intercede on their behalf to God for them while they are young. 
Um, and, you know, I've tried controlling what I can, you know, and yet, am I any closer to figuring out a solution for those things? Um, you know, I can't keep my children in a cage, I can't blindfold them from the bar, the the brokenness that is in this world um, around them and, and keep them oblivious to the struggles that await them. You know, we have to let go and let God take over. Um, you know, that is never, that, that is, my control has never succeeded in helping my children. It, it has provided maybe a temporary solution, but it's a band-aid that's, it's, it's a wound that's gushing with blood and a band-aid that can't fix it. I can't, I, there's no band-aid that'll fix that only God can do it. And so to intercede for our children, to give our children to the Lord and to give their circumstance to the Lord, give their lives to the Lord is, is part of being a father. Um, and, and, and this is the very last point that I wanted to give. And this is really what really choked me apart, uh, choked me up because, um, you know, what it means to be set apart, um, because there's different ways to be set apart and, and it all comes down to our decisions and what we choose and how we, um, what conclusion we come to um, based on the judgment. So even in understanding God's word is that if you are close to it and you don't want to even give it an opportunity or a chance, then you are deciding to set yourself apart in a negative way, uh, however you want to view it. To me, it's a negative way. And I'm making no judgment of this, uh, of you and and, and you as a listener. Um, but, you know, our decision and walk dictates how we ourselves, how we set ourselves apart, right? We can set ourselves apart the godly way on the right side of eternity or set ourselves apart in the wrong side, uh, and which, which is eternal damnation. Um, and the, the verse that um, comes here is, is um, Deuteronomy 7, 8 to 10, it says, but it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery from the power of pharaoh king of egypt so this is talking about the israelites know therefore that the lord your god is god and he is the faithful god keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments but those who hate him he will repay to their face by destruction he will not be slow to repay their face those who hate him so it's a very scary um, notion that this verse is giving right is that the blessings that are given from faithful devotion to God is generation upon generation, thousands of generations. But on the other side of things, if you are neglecting and you are hating him and you are um, neglecting and you're slow, you, you are um, erring on the other side, then he will repay. Um, he will He will repay. There is a consequence for it. And so, um, you know, it's no small matter that you're here listening to this podcast, right? Each person has a choice. And in their conclusion of this whole topic, um, either you continue on venturing on your own, grasping for what little control you have, or you give your heart to the one who only has what's best for you and the generations after you, um, and um, this is really what I want to leave you with because this may be single-handedly the most important thing um, that you understand in your life. Um, if there's anything that's more important to this, this is the most important. Um, is that, you know, if you've made a judgment about God, um, one that is um, negative, you know, 
and something for you to consider consider is that you know as a father right can you afford to be wrong for the sake of your children um you know i know that the hurt the church has done hurt to many people there are a lot of things that we can't reconcile in life but you know when i think about this for my own life is like if if i am not if i make this judgment and in turn this judgment lands on my children and they make this judgment from them for themselves and i and and they turn from god and 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 if i'm wrong in that judgment and if i'm wrong in my in 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 those conclusions am i okay with that eternal consequence for my children this is what every father should ask themselves and i don't say this with any pressure god is not a, a god of fear he is not a god of guilt he is a god of conviction and a god of love um and so understand that in our free will free will has consequences in our decisions has consequences god cannot be all loving without consequences it says right there if you spare the rod if you if you love them you will not spare the rod and so as a loving father there has to be consequences for the missteps that we take um and so um you know nothing is more important and i hope you choose the right side of eternity um but if not i can only pray and 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 hope that you find your way back and and that's really what this whole podcast is all about is i want fathers to think deeply we are spiritual beings living a physical life not physical beings living a spiritual life and so how we set the stage for fatherhood and how we lead our children will dictate their lives and so i will not stand idly by and though this episode was a little bit difficult for me to record and to speak so uh bluntly um with what i believe it is my belief that everybody needs to hear this and i want to present that opportunity to every single person because i don't want to get to the end of my life and regret not saying something through this avenue through this podcast through through my life about this this topic this is this is eternal consequences that we're talking about is not um is not something that just goes away this is this is an eternal thing and that is why i'm so moved and so passionate to share about it um and that's really what where i want to leave this episode um also you know the last thing is you know we have a patreon and this is the work that i do i love speaking into the lives of fathers and i love to um provide the best that i have for fathers and and like i said i am not a perfect person i'm not a perfect father i am also growing in myself and but you know i need help in doing this i cannot do this alone and so um, please go head on over to the patreon to have a look and if you're willing and able please choose to support this work um this is very important work for me and um you know the dream is to one day have a retreat and i can't reach that without um asking for support and so um I want to thank you for listening to this episode. Um if you're a father that's also looking for a group of fathers to grow and communicate with and to to learn from one another with no religious context, no nothing, it's really just a space to be honest and share about your life struggles. Um we'd invite you 
to our Thursday meetups, which meet at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We would very much love to have you there. It's really just a lazy space um, to laugh and grow together, um, to get support and to find other fathers who are intentional about their social media, about interactions online, and um, who want to have a relationship with you. It's really just a family. And so um, we'd love to invite you to that. And so, um, yeah, there's really nothing else. Uh, I'm looking to get this the next podcast out soon. Um, it's going to be a podcast with a, a mother that I interview, if you, if you don't know yet. Um, she shares about some stuff that um, every father and every parent should hear. And so um, I really hope this podcast finds you well. Um, please don't make any judgment about me of what I've shared. Uh, if you don't believe what I believe, I still love you. I still care about you unconditionally. And, and um, yeah, and I just really hope that it finds you well. And so until next time, Bye for now. Please show your support for the Noble Father podcast by recommending the podcast to your family and friends. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. And also, if you know a father who is interested in a regular meetup every week where they can show up authentically and share the best parts of themselves, some of the struggles they're going through, some of the wins that they have, and even some lessons to bless other fathers with, and um, also have them in our Facebook community, um, just a bunch of men who genuinely care about one another and just share space and hold it for one another. Thank you very much for listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Until next time, bye for now.